we're living in a day where I believe God is going to show himself mighty and big. But I believe he's going to use all of us to be a part of that, those of us that want to be involved in what he's doing. And uh, I just want to share with you today confidence in the call. Uh, Pastor John's been sharing, you know, a lot about uh, that we're going to see God great. I believe that. And I think that has to be the focus for the church today, always, and forever, that it is not about who we are. When this is all said and done, the Bible says what Pastor Elizabeth says, that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess in heaven, on the earth, and below the earth. They will bow their knee, not to what we've done, but that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And so that, that, that's what happens when we have confidence in the call that God has put on our life to be those people that he has sent into the earth for such a time as this. I do not believe that there has ever been in my lifetime, uh, a time that I could say that I'm in the earth for such a time as this. Uh, even though, you know, at my age, probably that looks like, well, you know, you're, you're older, you know, but I'm telling you, we have a voice. When Pastor John preached a few weeks ago, and I, this isn't in my message, but I want to share it with you. The, the day he preached on the, the trumpet sounding and the, and, and the walls coming down, the day before in the park when I was praying, the same scriptures that he preached on that Sunday morning I heard, and I heard it in this context, there is a prophetic voice in the earth today. It is the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the people who are believers. Everybody say believers. And that that voice, see, the trumpet was a trumpet in that day that blew a sound. But there, the voice of the prophetic is a trumpet sound. It declares what's coming. And I believe in the church we should be the people most aware of what is happening in this earth and use our voice. Everybody say, use our voice as a trumpet in the heavenlies to speak to powers and principalities everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and begin to declare what the truth of the word is with power, with anointing, and with a voice that is heard in the heavenlies first, even before it's heard on the earth. Amen? And uh, I believe that's the will and plan of God. And um, since I'm in the over 50 group, <clears throat> and, and glad to be, hallelujah, I'm going for 120. And so, I, I, you know, I'm really a babe. I mean, really, I'm just start of the second half. And so um, in that, with that thought process and knowing that unless Jesus comes beforehand, when he comes, I will be sounding the alarm. I will be sounding the trumpet because everything that the enemy has decided to raise up against this nation, against families, you know, when God, when God said the nations will be blessed by us, he meant families will bless the earth. And we're going to start there in Genesis 12, 3, if you want to turn. But God intended for the church to be the voice that is the loudest, that is the strongest, that carries the power, carries the anointing, that says what's going to go on in this earth. That's why he saved us. He saved us so we can live forever with him, praise God, hallelujah. But beyond that, he saved us so that there would be a voice in the earth that declares the righteousness of God in every situation. And so we have confidence in the call because it's in the word that God has set the church in the earth for that purpose. Everybody say, I'm here on purpose. And this is bigger than just, you know, taking care of our neighbor. This is about the heavenlies and the powers and principalities that are now exalting themselves against the knowledge of God in such a way that it is openly and blatantly being done. 
And, uh, you know, I'm not talking about today whether you need to be a Republican or Democrat. I'm talking about whether you need to be a Christian. And Christians have a voice. And uh, this week, I, I just had heard this. And, and, you know, I don't watch everything that goes on on the television, partly because God told me, I want you to keep your focus on the word. And so for me, for what I'm doing in my life, if I get involved in all of that, I, I can pretty soon not even be, I, I think we're all going down, hallelujah, and I'm not going there. And so, not that I'm ignorant of what's going on, but I learn what God tells me, and the rest of it I leave to the people who want to argue all the time. But this is, this is the truth. I heard this, and I just could not believe it, that, that in, in the Democratic Party convention, they booed God. I said to my husband, find me that, because I want to hear that. I want to hear exactly what they booed. Well, they booed two things. The, the group that booed. Now, there were a group that cheered. Everybody say, thank God. So I'm not talking about a party. See, a party just represents a group of people. I'm talking about the people who were sitting there who booed. That, that is the, the way the enemy has so deceived. Everybody say, so deceived. And this is not people we're dealing with. These are powers and principalities. And the call has gone out to the church. The call is in the earth to the church. It is time to arise, to stand, and to speak what God is speaking. And without fear, without doubt, without trepidation, to be sure that because we have confidence in the one who called us, that when people boo God, they set themselves up for destruction. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not upset. With, I, I have mercy. I ask God mercy on those people. They do not know who they're booing. Have you read about Hezekiah in the Old Covenant? You know, have you read about the people who boo God? That is not a good thing to do. So, you know, I'm, two things. I'm, I pray mercy for them, and I pray a wake-up call on the people of the church who say we are in serious trouble. There is a faction in this earth that's getting louder and louder that is booing God. Booing Jerusalem, you know, that's, that's the same as booing God. It's, it, forget the city. It is the same as booing God. It is saying his word is not true. That is what the spirit of the Antichrist continually does, is declare that God is not true. Well, who's going to raise up the standard in this last hour that's going to speak the truth? And we're not going to speak the truth if we don't have confidence in the call. Um, unfortunately for the devil, this year I'm reading through faith to faith <laughs> and uh, confident, the confident woman, hallelujah. And, uh, you know, when, you're, when you change directions in your life, sometimes it's hard to figure out what God is doing. But I've, I've, I've been very thankful for this book. And if you want to get it, this is what it looks like. It's just a devotional. But God uses devotionals a lot of times in my life to spur me into understanding what he's doing. And, and they wake me up. Everybody say, wake up. And so it, she talks about here God confidence and self-confidence. I think this is the greatest tool the devil uses to shut your mouth, to shut up the church, to shut up people, is self-confidence or God confidence. People who have self-confidence become arrogant, they become proud, they talk loud and speak out of their flesh, not out of the spirit. People who have God confidence speak with authority and dominion, but they do not have the emotion that goes with that of hatred or anger 
or any of those things because the power is coming from the throne room of God. And nothing like that comes from the throne of God. Love comes from God. Love comes out of the voice of God. Love comes with power and love comes with an anointing to change the direction of a people and of a nation. And she says, when I'm teaching on confidence, people, people often express concerns about the difference between self-confidence and conceit. They say that they have been taught not to say or even think positive things about themselves. If they did, it would sound self-centered and selfish. She goes on to say, I don't want you to have confidence in yourself unless that confidence is first rooted in God. That's the difference between the voice that will speak and bring a change and make a difference. The voice of the living God changes things. The voice of flesh only causes dissension and arguments. But when the Spirit of God speaks, people may not receive it. They may get angry. But the voice that delivers is not angry. The voice is full of assurance and speaks steadfastly and makes a declaration. And the manifestation of God, the signs, wonders, and miracles follow. Amen? So much for that. I don't even know where that came from. Let's go to, hallelujah, Genesis 12. But I believe that's the Holy Spirit. Because God said to me, you are going to have to get over yourself and intimidation. Now, I thought I'd done pretty good because I pastored for, for five years. I actually got up here and spoke, which I'm not into. But I did it, and God helped me. But out of that, what I saw was that God is powerful. I am not, but he is. And when I count on him daily, he will tell me exactly what to say. And when I say it, something happens. And so it's a confidence that you get in the spirit of God. If you don't practice, you'll never have confidence. And so wherever you are today, take this message and begin to use it for confidence in the place we're in. Genesis 12, 3. This is what the covenant of blessing that God declared over us. And it says in, in Genesis 12, 3, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Father, I thank you today that we have an understanding of what this means to bless people, what it means to be that voice that's in the earth that declares with boldness and sees the fruit of those things that we say in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. This is kind of my psalm that I, I, I just love it. It says, oh God, you've taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. This is Psalm 71, 17. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, if you look real close, there's some up here. Oh, God, do not forsake me until I declare. Everybody say, until I declare. Until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. And if anything, the thing that I have, I feel like God has placed on my life for the age that I am now and for where I am, you must speak what you know to be truth. Because if truth is not spoken, the lies will become truth. And so I, I share this with you today, and I pray that a holy boldness will get on the inside of you. Galatians three thirteen says that the blessings of Abraham have been secured for us through Jesus Christ. We are not an old covenant church. We are a new covenant church. We walk with a power and anointing that the old covenant church did not have. The priest had it, but nobody else had it. Kings had it to, to the degree they needed it for their office, but we are a New Testament church, and the Holy Ghost has been poured about, out upon all of us. And it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14 goes on and tells us that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Everybody say, that's me. 
unless you're Jewish today, that's you, in, in Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit is for this, that you might know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Not will set you free, make you free. In my life, I know without a doubt that the Word of God is what changed me and has created me and molded me and made me into who I am today. It is not my flesh because I get just as timid and just as uh, put, a, put back when people begin to be aggressive toward me as anybody else would. But when I stay in the Spirit, everybody say, stay in the Spirit, I'm able to speak a word that will defeat the work of the enemy immediately in that situation. Not when I get in the flesh. And the biggest thing I have to remember is my fight is not with you. My fight is not with people. My fight is with a power and principality that has come to deceive to kill, steal, and destroy in that situation in those people's lives. The devil is out to destroy our nation, and he's doing it one family at a time. But God said that we can work and do his ministry even if we do it one person at a time. We will be effective because God multiplies what he does. He doesn't make it grow one plus one plus one. It multiplies exponentially. So we are in the earth to bring a blessing. Everybody say, bring a blessing. And, and as we look at that uh, scripture in number six, some of you that are in this service, I was, I was thinking about this. You know, I was raised in a Methodist church, and we always sang the benediction. Everybody say the benediction. And I always thought, boy, this, is a, this song goes way up in the rafters. Amen, amen. You know, just keep going and going. I think, I hope this is over soon so we can leave. I never understood the power of the blessing. Everybody say the power of the blessing. You know, it's not just something you do just cause. We have the power to bless. We have the power with our voice to speak and bless everything that we touch and every person that we touch. And, and so in blessing, the Bible says, then we are blessed. So given it shall be given, good measure pressed down, means that this blessing of God is the gift that keeps on giving. And it's not for one generation, not just for this generation or the next. It is forever. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So as we, we speak that blessing, the blessing of God, the blessing of God. And this is what number six, would you put that up for me, please? This is what God told them to say to the children of Israel, to speak over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Everybody say this. God is a blesser. He said that we would be the blessing to the nations. And I believe that's our office. Everybody say, have confidence in the call. Have confidence in the call. You know, uh, my husband and I, over the years, we've had opportunities to, to help people. And uh, some of them have looked like impossibilities. My Uncle Gene, I'm telling you, when he pulled up in that car and Matt jumped out, we sent Matt to get him to our house. He met him at a, a quick trip, and, and Matt came running in the house, and he said, it's bad, it's bad, it's really bad, Mom. It's bad, it's bad. His car, his car's bad, it's bad. And, uh, you know, we're like, okay, it's bad, hallelujah. But we had a word. Everybody say a word. You know, I was sitting in church, like right here on a Sunday morning in, in Victory Christian Center. We had been prayed with my Uncle Gene uh, for salvation. He immediately went right back into the alcohol. Had a tremendous deliverance that night that we prayed for him, but had nobody to help him. Ended up right back in the alcohol. But I heard this. Your Uncle Gene will be the administrator of your Christian school. I thought, 
well, not unless Pastor Billy Joe really has a mental breakdown and we throw in the towel out here, you know, because Uncle Gene was really not in, you know, he would not have been a Christian school administrator, although he had been a public school one. And uh, one day we got a call. He said, can I come? I was watching TV and I saw the City of Faith on the television. I saw Oral Roberts. Can I come? And I said, yeah, you can come. I thought, oh, dear God. So we, by the grace of God, knew a lady in our Bible school. Everybody say, God knows ahead. And, and, and this is the confidence you can have in the call. God wants to rescue people. He wants to bless people. I don't care how they're acting. And so we, we called that lady. She said, yes, I can get him in. And Pat got him into that 30-day rehab at the City of Faith. Now, the first day he was there, they prayed. They pray in this rehab. And he fell under the power and didn't wake up for 20 minutes. And when he did, he was crying. He said, I can go through any rehab. I could teach it. And he could have because he'd been through six. This was number seven. But when he woke up, something had changed. He had never experienced the power of God. Never had experienced that. Long story short, Brother Roberts called, bring somebody down from upstairs. Bring him down. And he stood him in the water in front of the city of faith. My Uncle Gene had seen that on the TV. And that day, he said, my life was changed. <clears throat> I was delivered. Today, he's well. He's, he's healed. He's, get, he's retired. He's moving back to Michigan City. And I believe God's taken him back to get the victory over where he lost it years ago. He is mighty in God. He is mighty in God. Amen? Amen. God has a plan and a purpose for people. And when you're confident in the call. Now, we were not confident in our ability because we had never taken in an alcoholic. We had never taken in somebody that, that you know, I mean, he drank pop by the can because he was used to holding a beer can. So we just gave him pop all the time. <laughs> more pop, more pop, wants more Coke. <laughs> Hallelujah. Drink another Coke. You know, we, we did his laundry. I, I had to tell him, you will not wear blue underwear. He called me the warden. But I was really an angel of mercy. But it was not easy. Everybody say not easy. You've got to be confident in the call. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, you have an anointing. Turn to your neighbor and say, I do have an anointing. Now, the problem is that we don't walk in that anointing. We walk in the flesh sometimes, and we lose track of what God's doing. So it says you have an anointing which you have received from him, and it abides in you. You do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it taught you, you will abide in him. The only way to walk in this call is by the anointing and power of God. And so we have to stay in that place. Pastor John has been preaching out of Ephesians 1, 16, 17, where it says that God will give us a spirit of revelation, wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of, in the knowledge of what? Him. A spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, of who Jesus was. If you read in John 16, it says the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. If you'll put that scripture up for me, John 16, it says the Holy Ghost will teach us. Everybody say teach us. See, and that's what it says. You will be taught. Everybody say taught. What we're getting ready to go through, you will not have the wisdom or the revelation to know how to handle it, just like we did not know how to handle Uncle Gene until the Spirit of God rises up on the inside and tells you what to do. And when that happens, you can work with all confidence that this is what's going to come to pass in this situation. I'm speaking to a lot of mature Christians today, and I'm telling you, it is not over for us. This is a huge warfare. We have time. Turn to your neighbor and say, we have time. 
I mean, we have more time than our kids have with their kids. I've been over to my daughter's house. Thank God I've been delivered. Hallelujah. I mean, it's like a circus over there. I have to help. We all have to drive to get everybody where they're going. I mean, it takes an army today. But in the midst of that, we can pray. Everybody say pray. You know, my little granddaughter, Molly, one day I went to put her in the car. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she had this, just a stare. And she said, there, I didn't see this man walking down out back. And he was just walking by. And it said, she said, is that Jesus? And, and I thought, Jesus. I turned around. I looked. <laughs> I thought, and it was this man. He looked just like the picture. And I go, no, that's not Jesus. Here's your passy. Suck away, you know. But what blessed me, everybody say bless me, was that my granddaughter recognized Jesus. Hallelujah. Two. Amen. We need to make sure they know the power of God. That's not Jesus, but Jesus is always with you, and Jesus loves you. I never let go of a teaching moment, you know, when I'm with my grandchildren. Because why? I want to teach them the power of God. Everybody say the anointing. The anointing of God that will destroy the yoke, lift the burden, and we get the joy of praising God afterward and saying, isn't he great? Isn't he great? You know, I I love Corey's song, I'm going to see you great. I love it. It's from the throne room of God. But what we have to recognize is that that will never happen until we take confidence in the call that God has given us and act on it. Act on it right in the moment, whatever it is. My little grandson, I was riding with him. There's this girl that gives him trouble in school. You know why? Because she likes him. But he doesn't understand that. I've tried to tell him. So I said, okay, we're going to pray for her. And the next time she says something, I want you to say, I love you. He goes, I'll never say that to her. Well, I said, we're supposed to love everybody. Even if they're evil acting to us, we're supposed to love them. Well, I don't know. I said, well, then can you pray for her? Well, okay. You know, I I want him to see that nobody, and he has a teacher that says, I'm not moving you away from that person because you're always going to find people who don't like you. But I want to tell you something, in the flesh, he can't like that girl. But if he begins to pray for her, Pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those. If you teach your children that, then God, everybody say God, have confidence in the call. He said, if you pray for your enemies, I will help you. I will help them, and I will help you. That's why we're here, not to hurt people, but to help people. And so I just say to you today, take Psalm 71. Those of you that are, this is the over 50 group, some of you, and then we got the young ones. Don't think this message isn't for you. You can do the same thing. Pray for those people at school that are not doing the right thing. Listen, you are an ambassador for Christ in that seat. God will show you. Have confidence in the call. Have confidence in the call. I thank God for faith who has stepped out and jumped in the boat and gone whenever God said to go. My Bible says that in John 16, when the Holy Spirit teaches us, he is teaching us how to run with the ministry that Jesus had. And I want to give you four things that my Bible says because I think it's really good. It says relaying the ministry of Jesus. Have a righteousness that goes beyond is deeper than traditional religion. Everybody say, I need that. I need that. Teach the things Jesus taught in the way he taught them, always staying in tune with the Father. Do the things he did in the manner in which he did them. Jesus treated people with dignity, was motivated by compassion, and never did anything selfishly to draw attention to himself or to perform based on others' agendas. Work with Jesus to see all nations, groups of people, become his followers. You know, there's, there's two stories I want to share with you today. And, uh, and is it time to quit already? 
10 minutes. Well, read these stories in your spare time. Luke chapter 8 about the demoniac. Everybody say the demoniac. You know, when Jesus got off that boat, it was, the demoniac didn't come running to him. Two stories that I've, I've seen in the Bible. The demonic didn't come running saying, help me. Now, the demoniac did come saying, what do you have to do with me, son of God? Son of God, why are you, why are you coming? Why are you coming here? But it goes on to say, the reason the demon was speaking to him was because he had commanded the demon to come out. I'm asking you today to begin to have eyes that see what Jesus sees. Not, not what you see. But see, when he stepped off that boat, he saw that man. This man caused everybody trouble. Have you ever had anybody like that that caused everybody trouble? He began to speak in the spirit to that thing. Come out in the name of Jesus. Leave that man. Leave that man. You know, God has given me a scripture uh, for a situation that I'm in. I was just walking through my kitchen, and he said to me, they will find him sitting with Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. I got a hold of that, and I am not letting go of it. I'm speaking it. I'm believing it no matter what I see. Already I see God opening doors to make it happen. I'm telling you, we have been raised for such a time as this to have confidence in the call. The other one is in the story of the woman who was bent over and uh, never able to look up. She was just, she was, she was a woman that was in the synagogue. Everybody say in the synagogue. Why had she been there 18 years, it says, with an infirmity? In the Message Bible, it said it was like arthritis. So she was bent over. She could not lift her body to even see people. It says Jesus was in the synagogue. Now, again, who are we to be a representation of? Jesus. He was in the place, and it says he saw her, and he called her up. Now, this is a woman who'd been bent over forever, and he, he spoke to her right there that day, and he laid his hands on her, and she was perfectly made straight. And you know what the religious people did? They got angry because you're not supposed to do that on Sunday. And he said, you untie an ox on Sunday to feed them. Why should not this woman who has been tied up in a stall, I love the message Bible, in a stall for 18 years, why should she not be made loosed the same as you loose your donkey? Everybody say, don't have religion. Have Jesus. Have Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.